Well, good morning and welcome to the Gathering Church. Happy birthday, Gathering Church. Come on. Yeah. This is your party. Wow. I can't believe it. Two years. My name is John Mark Redwine. I'm the lead pastor. And this is my beautiful wife, Raelle. And we want to welcome you guys to our two-year birthday celebration. Man, we can barely even believe it's been two years. Uh, It feels like it's been exponentially longer than that. And so, man, I, I can't wait to celebrate all that God's done over the last two years with you guys this morning. We, we want to be able to just share a little bit of our story with you this morning. One of the things that I like to do on our anniversaries and on these big Sundays like this is just remind each other, remind us a little bit of how we got here and the story of, of how we came to be in Asheville and, and, and the, the inception of this church and everything like that. And so I want to share a little bit of that with you. I want to share a little bit about the, our vision for the future and what we believe 2018 holds for the Gathering Church and, uh, and introduce you to some folks this morning. And so it's going to be a good day. we got a lot to go through, so clear your lunch plans, cancel all reservations. We're going to be here a while this morning. I'm just kidding, but seriously, cancel those reservations on open table if you got them. Well, so I, I want to talk a little bit this morning about our family and even just the, the dream that we've had. This has been five years in the works now. It's been five years um, since God planted this dream in our hearts to move to Asheville, North Carolina to start a life-giving church. Five years. Um, five years ago, this March, Rail and I were in Big Sur, California in a beautiful place just seeking God's next step for our family. You remember what that dream was? I do, yeah. That was five years ago. <laughs> um, do we want to bring the staff on stage? Thank first? you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I I need to help them out sometimes. So I don't have my notes for the first back. time ever. I thought I could do it. I don't remember anything. See, I got my notes. <laughs> she brought notes. Let me first, before we tell our story, first I want to celebrate the team that makes all of this possible. And so will you guys welcome the staff on stage this morning. <laughs> I didn't forget about you guys. Come on. You guys are awesome. I would never forget these guys. I want to just introduce them to you this morning, let you know what they do. I know you, you might see my face and Robbie and Roberts on stage, but I want to make sure that you know who we all are and what everybody does at the gathering because these guys work hard for you. They, they put together, uh, they put so many sacrifices forward. They, they work so hard all week long. They raise up leaders, develop people, invest in others uh, constantly because they love this church so much. So let me tell you who they are and what they do. On the end over here, uh, this is Robert Knight. He's our production pastor and his wife, April. April is our artist in residence. Uh, and so these guys uh, are some of our good buddies, and Robert is over production at the gathering. So that means everything that happens on stage here, our creative team that does things like decorate for events like this, he oversees our worship environments, the technical stuff that happens, our graphics, our marketing, basically anything that I've got absolutely no idea how it works or, or how to even turn the devices on, we trust Robert with all of that stuff. And so, and Robert was up till about 2 a.m. last night working on these videos and stuff like that along with his incredible creative team. So y'all thank him for that. Come on, right here, this guy. They've got three kids. uh, 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 What's the oldest? Jedediah, Penelope, and Jericho. I love them, know them all very well. 
And, uh, and we love those guys. This is Robbie Denson, our, our executive pastor here at the church, and his wife, Chelsea. They are great. Chelsea is one of the greatest life group leaders you will ever have the privilege of spending time with. Ladies, if you see that she's leading a women's life group, do yourself a favor and sign up as quickly as possible because it'll fill up in a week. Uh, these guys are awesome. Robbie it, it does pretty much, he, he is the other part of my brain. And so what I do is I sit down in a meeting with these guys and I just dream up all these impossible things uh, and big visions and stuff that, that I think God's calling us to do. And then I say, Robbie, can we do that? And then Robbie goes, mm, I guess we'll find a way. <laughs> and then Robbie finds a way. And so, y'all, uh, we, we couldn't do this without them. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about their part in this story in just a, a moment. They've got two boys, Makai and Josiah. Uh, they're brilliant and incredible kids, and if you work in our kids' ministry, you know them well. Uh, this is uh, uh, Sarah Antonor, our kids' director, and her husband, Brian, and uh, the, yeah. So you guys know this handsome fella is one of our worship leaders here at the gathering, but Sarah <laughs> invests, he's got big biceps, you guys, big he, I went one time to his house, sidebar, and we're playing video games, and he's got these, these dumbbells in the, in the video game area, and I went over to try to pick it up, and I couldn't lift it with both arms. I was trying. I couldn't do it, and I was like, what do you do with these things? He's like, I do curls. I was like, dang, bro. So, um, <laughs> so Sarah is our kids director, and she is absolutely passionate about reaching your kids. You know, if, if you're not aware, downstairs we have one of the best kids ministries, I think, in the country. And Sarah just pours her heart and soul into that environment down there and into investing in our kids. She lives for the next generation. And so she works so hard for our families, for our kids, and blesses us in so many ways. Probably the best kids director in the United States right here. So we love her. Thank you. Yeah. So this is Free Bruce and her husband, Will, and Free is our administrative assistant. So something you need to know about me, if you ask me to do something, I'm going to emphatically say yes, and then never remember that I said that ever again, unless I tell Free about it. And so Free helps keep me organized, keeps our whole office organized, and, and keeps us moving forward. We absolutely depend on her and appreciate her. And Will leads our setup team here on Sunday mornings. Uh, they have a daughter, Bailey, who ha is one of the cutest little girls you will ever see. I forgot these guys have a daughter, Noelle, who is my daughter's best friend, by the way. So um, I care about her very much. I'm also one of her favorites. It's important that you know she prays for me by name every night before bed. <laughs> yes, that's winning. That is winning. These guys love you. They work so hard for you. We'll give them a, a big thank you one more time. Thanks, guys. Go have a seat. You know who you don't see standing up here on the stage this morning is our incredible dream team. Uh, the dream team is what we call everybody who volunteers and serves at the Gathering Church because they are constantly a part of making this dream come true. I mean, we love these guys. Our dream team coordinators, leaders, they are investing in people, bringing up new volunteers, helping people uh, grow in their ability to find freedom and discover their purpose and make a difference, all of those things. So we love the dream team and appreciate everything you guys do. What you are seeing here, 
the success that we've had in these two years, the way God's favor has been on this church over the last two years is not a result of any one person, not a result of any one personality, not a result of anybody's one person's talents. What you are seeing is what it looks like when the body of Christ is the body of Christ. And yeah. so we love this church and, and, and all the folks that have worked so hard to make this possible. So now, let's tell a little bit about our story. So let's dream a little bit. Five years ago, Raelle and I are at Big Sur. Um, if you don't know Big Sur, that is a Highway 1 on the coast of California. It's mountains and the sea literally together. Can you imagine? It's incredible. So we're camping out seeking God's vision for our life. And what did he speak into our hearts? Uh, well, uh, I'll just kind of go back to when we first got married. We, yeah. we committed to being in full-time ministry we knew that was a calling for our family, um, and we just didn't know specifically what we, that would look like. Um, and eventually we knew we would be a part of a church plant or starting a church, and it was all very scary, and we felt um, not able to do something as cool as that. So <laughs> yeah. um, we, were, we set the table to um, just really spend time with God in prayer and um, ask for specific yeah. answers to this God-sized dream that we had. And so we um, kind of spent that whole night. We hiked throughout the day, and then we just prayed. And um, for, for us, you know, we knew going into ministry, we wanted to, to live in a place that we loved. We didn't want to be in a place that um, we didn't enjoy and uh, were afraid to have to face every day. We wanted to be in a place that yeah. our hearts were, you know, completely grounded there. And, and that's, so, a, that's, a, that's at the core of even the church now. We believe that your design reveals your destiny, yeah. that God puts in you the passions and the desires that he puts in your heart are a part of his calling on your life. And yeah. so we wanted to go somewhere that we felt called to, that we felt yeah. passionate about. So we had a few locations, and Asheville was kind of one on that list um, with a few others. Um, so we asked God to answer that prayer of where specifically, and we want to enjoy living there. Um, another thing was we just wanted to feel at home. Um, you know, we kind of had moved around quite a bit after leaving our high school and home and all of that. And we wanted uh, a place that we could start our family and have a purpose for our own family um, while we're um, doing that with other families as well. Yeah. We both had grown up in and around church. And I would, I would say we grew up deeply immersed in that church culture mm -hmm. and even sometimes in broken church culture. And so one of the desires that we both had going into this thing was that we, we would be able to create a church that was simple, that, that mm -hmm. wasn't complicated, that, that, that was about community, yeah. that was about folks being able to be in community with one another and in a real authentic way and in a unique way, something we hadn't, we hadn't ever seen before. Right. And so that was our dream for this yeah. city. We, we both carried burdens from growing up in the church, I think, yeah. and kind of walking away from that individually and finding God um, on our own. And we knew that, you know, a church should be a place where people have um, freedom to let go of kind of the hurts and hang-ups that you have towards church. We just want it to be a place that you feel safe and you feel comfortable and you feel like 
the people there are authentic. And so that was our real strong prayer for yeah. God. Can we just have a place that is comfortable for everyone to walk into, um, no matter what their church background is? Yeah, no matter who they are. This is mm -hmm. a place that we dreamed of a place where people could belong before they believe. Mm -hmm. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 46, kind of were a driving force for us as we were dreaming about what it would be, we were thinking about real community and people just really just experiencing life together, you know, more than a worship service that was exciting and that people enjoyed, which is something we wanted. But more than that, we wanted people, even in the name, the gathering church, the idea was that we would be the church all the time, that, that people yeah. would, would be in each other's homes and sharing meals with each other and going through life together. And then on Sundays, we would just gather it all up together. Acts 2.42 through 46 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. We just mm -hmm. wanted to sincerely enjoy being with people in yeah. community. Yep. And so the next year, so we said yes. We said yes to starting a church. Um, it was a scary thing. It was scary for me. I was just kind of really asking God to release me from that call <laughs> on that prayer trip. Yeah. And he didn't. He said, I want you to go. I want you to go. And I want you to go to Asheville. And I mm -hmm. want you to bring people with you. And this is my dream for you. And so we just pushed hard over the next year. Two months later, uh, Robbie and Chelsea, who had been our friends for a long time. Robbie and I actually went to high school together, but didn't like each other that much in high school, but then liked each other in college uh, age time <laughs> a little bit. We we're still learning to like each other. Um, <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> he was out visiting his brother, Lucas Denson, our, one of our life group coordinators, and his wife, Emily, our other life group coordinator. They lived in California in the same place that Rail and I lived, serving at the same church. And Robbie was out visiting them. We went to a baseball game with them. Uh, the San Francisco Giants. It was like a thousand dollars. I think ticket. that was the year they won the World Series. It was World the year Series, they won the maybe, World Series. They were playing the yeah. Atlanta Braves with the, you know, the Upton brothers. I mean, it was a great game. And um, and uh, Chelsea in the second inning made the mistake of asking me what our plans were for the next two years. And I just looked at her and said, "Well, they involve you." <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and told them that God had put them on our hearts to move here to start this church with us. Mm -hmm. And so we all together just started to dream this thing up. For our family, it was a hard season. I was yeah. working 25 to 30 hours a week for the Coast Guard. I was still in the Coast Guard. Um, I had been going on six, seven years in my career at that point. Um, I was working 30 hours a week as a student director for our church there in San Jose, California. Um, I was doing seminary at about 12 hours a week, and then I was spending about 10 hours a week planning for the church. And so 90 hours a week, pretty much in total, um, would take a little break to have a couple minutes together when she would get home from work. And then I would push in uh, until about midnight every single day yeah. um, trying to get this thing together. Uh, and then we, we really felt like things were really getting exciting that fall when, along with Robbie and Chelsea, we took our first trip to Asheville. Can yeah. you tell, tell, me, tell us why, why Asheville was so clearly where God was calling us to start this church? So when we were in Big Sur at the time, that we both kind of vocally at the same time just affirmed each other, like Asheville is where we're yeah. going. Like we just, we knew and it, God put that seed in our hearts and as, um, as we finally made it there for just kind of that vision trip for our two families, um, 
the things that we kind of already knew about Asheville from visiting and coming hiking and backpacking here and your family vacationed here regularly um, is we knew that Asheville is a place where people are unique and fun and different and thriving in a way that um, other small towns, you know, don't have this kind of weird thing that we have here in Asheville. And we were drawn to that because uh, we, we really feel like there's so much potential in our city. And um, if that's just a part of God's purpose and they can find God in their potential, that this city is going to be transformed for God. And yeah. um, that was what was most exciting about it um, was that this, this city has the aspect of community. It has this, you know, outdoor vibe, a um, festival, like we want to celebrate. And what if, you know, God is first and all of those things. And that was just so exciting for us to kind of talk through and dream about um, when we came and visited that first time. Yeah. Yeah, we saw so much untapped potential here. This was a city... It was definitely what we call a post-church city. It mm -hmm. was a church on the other side of church culture, uh, a city on the other side of church culture that had effectively cut itself out of the Bible Belt. Yeah. And what, one of the things that, actually the year that we felt called to plant here was the year that the governor of North Carolina referred to Asheville as a cesspool of sin. Isn't that a great moniker that we've <laughs> earned here in Asheville? And we just felt like that was affirmation, confirmation that, that God had said, this is where I want you to be. That yeah. here, here's a city full of people like you that, that walked away from the church, that didn't want anything to do with it in the first place, and that have so much inside them, so much creativity, so much passion, so much energy that was put there by God for God. Mm -hmm. And that our, our job, the dream in our hearts was to be able to come here and unleash that potential. Yeah. for the gospel. Yeah. We believed that this, this, this city wasn't destined to be a cesspool of sin, that it was destined to be a holy hot tub. <laughs> Come on. That's a good joke. That's good. That's just, one of my favorites. Just be ready to hear this Yeah, I say that all often. the time. It's yeah. one of my favorite it's, jokes. I'm it's gonna a revolving joke. It's not a cesspool of sin. It's a holy hot tub. <laughs> and we believed that God was going to move this city in that direction and that if yeah. he could do it here, that he could do it anywhere. Yeah. And so th this, this, this was our heart. This was yeah. our, our call. And so we moved here. Um, so that year, 2015, actually the previous year, 2014, Robert and April agreed to join us yeah. in this journey as well. Something you need to know about Robert and April and Robbie and Chelsea is that those guys were both at incredible life-giving churches um, that we love and respect. And we invited them to join us. They said yes to follow somebody who is clearly out of his mind, to a, a city where churches go to die, to a church yeah. graveyard yeah. with no stability, to take their families out of a stable and safe environment into something scary and big and faith-driven. And they said yes to that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? And beyond that, all of their friends started to say, and family members alongside them started to say, yeah, we, we, we feel God wants yeah. us to come too. In fact, we moved here uh, the summer of 2015 with outside of our staff, 21 people uh, yeah. who said, we want to be a part of what God's going to do in the city of Asheville. Mm -hmm. And so Rail and I had our first child, sweet Eleanor Rose, April of 2015. We believe when you do change, do it all at once. Rip yes. it off like a band-aid. Everything. Uh, if you've ever had kids, your first child isn't a big deal anyways. It barely changes your life. 
And so just a small thing. And so and and so we moved out here. <laughs> and so our family, we're taking this big faith step. I'm getting out of a career of almost nine years in the mm-hmm. Coast Guard, um, leaving a, a stable job that that at a great church. Uh, to come here and do this God-sized dream that we'd been planning and strategizing and fundraising for for two years at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we moved here in a brand new season of life as parents. Um, I, I now had all these families here that I felt I, I was responsible for making this thing work, which I, I learned later. It was not my job. It was God's job. And thank, thank him that that, that, yeah. that that was the case. Um, but we moved here in a really deep season of stress. Yes. And so what was it like for our family in those first six months? Well, like you said, we both, you know, had been working lots of hours and full time. I worked until the day before I had Eleanor. And so I didn't really know what it meant to not work and to shift um, our perspective away from, you know, our dreams to all of a sudden we had this little thing with us that (laughs) needed us. Yes. Um, And so in all of that, we bought our house in Asheville basically online. We saw pictures of it and we're like, that looks good. Okay, we got a house. It was a house in West Asheville we could afford. And we were like, no no other questions. Yep. We accept. Uh, We took this uh, 12-day road trip with um, my brother and his family of four kids. Um, and Sarah and Stacy and ourselves and our newborn um, and yeah. towed our 50-year-old camper yeah. uh, across the country. And so that was just a real great start to a new life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, 40-year-old camper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, great. And so there was, a, there was a lot of transition that I think we weren't um, emotionally prepared for mm-hmm. stepping into this season as well as Um, going into church leadership and just understanding like this new role and the weight that it could put on our family and it uh, it was a struggle Um, and I went through postpartum depression um, all at the same time so it was kind of like I was living in the world but it was like a virtual world I don't you know like I was a part of it but um, couldn't really dig my feet into what was happening. And so yeah. it was a long process for our family um, to, to heal and to, to learn um, what this new life is that we felt God calling us to, but felt uh, not quite capable of being the ones to be leading it. Yeah. Um, and so we actually did go through counseling after that first year. Um, which really helped us kind of learn our expectations for each other and for the church. Um, But it was a long, hard process that, um, you know, I think as being kind of leaders in the churches, we knew we wanted this authentic community. And so we were very authentic and open about our struggles as a family in this process. So... Yeah, yeah. So we, we launched the church. So we spent nine months from the time we moved here getting to know our community, getting yeah. to know this city, getting to know business leaders, inviting people to be a part of it, inviting people to come here, what, what, what we believed God was going to do in this community. Um, we, we got to know the folks here at Rainbow Community School, got to build a relationship with them, and mm-hmm. we're able to rent this facility. A lot of cool stuff happened. And then in February, 
2016, we launched the Gathering Church, and it was awesome. It was a party. All the expectation was building to that day. And, you know, I remember sitting here, sitting right there on that first Sunday saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. It was like an all-time high. It was, I mean, one of those moments that will mark me for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then over the next six months, as we led and as we put on the strain of ministry and as we tried to decide our identity as a family and as leaders, it, we were under a lot of strain. Mm-hmm. And it was really difficult for our family. And I am forever grateful for this community and right. for, the, for the way that they allowed us, came around us mm-hmm. and allowed us to heal right. in that season. And so one of the things that we are, are always, is really important to us is authentic community. This is never a church where you got to put on your church face before you come in. Mm-hmm. This is never a church where you can't go through what you're going through, where you can't be open about it, where you can't struggle with it openly, where you can't ask somebody to help you get through to the other side. This has always been our dream, but right, right in the beginning, I think God wanted to solidify it by forcing us to yeah. go through it because yeah. our marriage and our family was under serious strain mm-hmm. from that first year uh, of being here. And so that fall, 2016, we went into marriage counseling. Rail needed healing from postpartum depression. I needed healing to understand how to, how to, how to be a better husband. And mm-hmm. um, our, our marriage was never in danger of separation, but it wasn't what God designed it right. to be. Uh, and this was a space where I could talk about that on stage. And mm-hmm. we could talk about that with our life group and expect people to lift us up and carry us through. We have a staff team that was able, in my weakest moments to come alongside me and pick up the slack. And so this church has transformed our, our life. family, yes. It's transformed yeah. our family. How, yeah. what, what, so how, how do you feel this, this church, we've transformed as a family over the last two years? Uh, I think, you know, just, I would say, I never pictured myself in a million years to be a pastor's wife, and that's just, I still, like, it's not really who I am. I'm Rael, you know, and I'm learning these last two years have taught me to just be confident in that. Like, I don't have to have a title of this is what the pastor's wife does and how we act and whatever. It's like, no, I'm just Rael, and I'm who I am, and I, you know, take care of my family, and I take care of my friends and my community, and um, I'm learning that, uh, my role as a follower of God is to, to love God and love people, um, whether that's in a big dream, um, dream scenario of starting this church or um, where it's left me um, being a stay-at-home mom, which, again, that was something I never thought <laughs> I would do. Um, and I, I enjoy it, but I've learned, you know, my purpose is to... Um, raise my kids to to know God and how how else can I do that as Rael um, better than to stay at home and that's not somebody else you know someone else might be called to a full-time career and I've I've realized for me this is what I I felt like God wanted for me and so I'm just saying this to say like um I'm learning to be true to my own identity, and I don't have to have a name over myself to tell me that these are the expectations for yeah. who you are. So, we, Part of this dream for the church and what you've experienced is that this is a place where you can have the freedom 
to live your story. Right. That you don't have to live a story that somebody puts on you or that culture puts on you mm-hmm. or that expectations put on you. That you're able to be real yep. and do and do what God's called you to do in the way He's called you to do it, mm-hmm. and then this is a judgment-free zone for that. Right. Yeah. And I've I you know I haven't had anyone come up to me yet saying, "Are you going to play the piano?" <laughs> but that's not what I always thought pastors' wives did, you know. <laughs> or the organ, yeah. Yeah, the organ, especially with the feet thing yeah. too. Um, that's how I grew up. So, um, yeah, it's like breaking down the walls of, um, what expectations are for you and your family and this community is we want people to find freedom in what you think an expectation is and, and find yourself in this place. And I've found that for me in the last two years. And, you know, I always pictured it for, you know, what we can do for everyone else, but didn't realize how much it would transform our own family as well. That's good. Yeah, Rael is being modest because she is a leader for our church and a pastor for everybody in her life, and she invests in people. And, um, you know, being a stay-at-home mom is such a privilege and a gift in this season. But she <laughs> loves being able to go to the playground and let Eleanor go be crazy and then getting to meet people yeah. and, and spend time with folks that aren't in the church community yet and, and yeah. build relationships with, with, our, with our neighbors mm-hmm. and all those things um, that in this season, that's, that's what you right. do. And so, you know, your, your calling is compassion for other people. And right now, that's lived out at home and raising our daughter and with moms and people that you interact with every day. And that may change in the future, right. but this is... Right. This is today. And, and it's learning, like, the, in the season of life that we're in, yeah. to be confident in that season and know, like, if you have other dreams or aspirations and things like that, that um, it's not that they're never going to happen. It's like we just have to learn what's important for right now and um, your families. That's good. So what are some of your highlights, the best things, your favorite things from the last two years? Well, I have this list of everybody's names and yeah, all of yeah, the yeah. things that... All the deep, dark secrets yes, you've told us that have been transformed for us. We're going to walk through yeah. one by one so each of your... So it will take a few hours. <laughs> um, no, I didn't want to call anyone out um, individually, but this is a place where I feel like most people in this room that have been a part of this can say that something has changed in their life because of your experience yeah. here. Um, I'd say number one was um, when we were very open about our marriage and going through counseling and postpartum is like people started contacting us. How can I get help? Can I talk to your counselor? Um, And I think that's such a win. We just, um, the church culture has, you know, tried to protect our hurts and hangups for so many years. And I think when we can be free to, talk through those things and be vulnerable with that. That's where we can find freedom when it's on the table, you know, yeah. and those, those um, failures are called out and named and let go. And um, counseling for us has been really a place that we're able to, to be open with that. And, yeah. um, and then I'd say at... Um, yeah, draw near and at our Christmas um, Dream Team celebration this this uh, fall, we had two instances where we asked people to just kind of stand up um, in a 
in a way of like saying like the church has been an influence in your life and changing your life. And we're at the Draw Near Retreat. That's our women's retreat. And, you know, half of the room stood up, and these are the women that, you know, come to the gathering. And then at the um, Dream Team celebration, too, there was about 100 of our volunteers there that, like, the whole room stood up. And um, for me, it wasn't a awing of what we've done and look at what we've created, but an just amazing, overwhelming feeling of look what God is doing and yeah. the lives that are changing and the people that are impacted. Um, and so to see people, you know, proud of the community that they're a part of um, is saying something for the work that God's doing. Five years of dreaming and imagining and feeling that God had put this vision on our hearts and this specific calling and then in moments like that, you realize, oh, like, it, this isn't just us talking. Like, God is doing it. Yeah. God is doing all the things that we, we dreamed he would, that he told us he would, that he promised he would. Um, and those are, yeah, those are absolutely my favorite moments. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been an incredible two years, Rael. And I, one of the verses that, that we often think about is 1 Thessalonians 2.8. It says, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share not only the gospel of God, but our lives with you as well. Yeah. And that's kind of the heartbeat of the gathering church. Mm-hmm. Is this is our family story. This is our family story. It's what God's doing in our family, in our homes, and it's what he's doing in your families and in your homes. And so um, Rail is, is such a, a rock for me. She, she is my partner. Uh, she, she is my constant source of direction and strength. She, she helps keep me on track. Um, and she does such a wonderful job with our beautiful daughter. We got one more coming next month, another yeah. daughter. Yes, uh, and so two girls. Pray for her and for us because, uh, because we're going to disappear into a cloud of baby for the first six months. Uh, newborn babies are the worst thing imaginable. They're just a lot of work. I don't know. A three-year-old is pretty yeah, intense right now. It's a little stressful as well. Uh, and so um, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, this is our family story, but it's not just about our family. It's also yeah. about yours. So here's one of your family stories. So my husband Andy and I and our daughter moved here about a year and a half ago from Raleigh where we had a very wonderful church community. We had a very strong, tight-knit um, small group that we were a part of for three years. And we knew that when we moved here, we wanted to find something that was just like that um, and very similar. And we had searched and searched and didn't quite find a place that we could we could call home like we did our church back in Raleigh. So we were almost to the point where we were just gonna watch the services online um, from our other church and, and just call it a day until I opened my Facebook app uh, the week before the gathering launched their two services. And I told Andy, I said, man, we've gotta check this church out. This is pretty awesome. Um, So we got on the website and we both were like, yeah, let's go check it out. Um, So we we came to the 11 o'clock service and the moment we drove into the parking lot, we were welcomed with smiles and waves and just the friendliness and we had a really great feeling. And then we took our two-year-old down to gather kids and she walked right in and was so excited to be there. And she was just like, bye mom, bye dad. They had no problem leaving us and so we knew that we knew that if she was comfortable, then we were going to be a lot more comfortable as well. And then um, we listened to John Mark's message that day, and we knew that this is a place that God wanted us to be. Um, it was just unbelievable timing. It was just, um, he, he definitely knew that we, we were supposed to be here. And 
Since then, we've been through all four of the growth tracks. Um, Andy and I have both joined a life group, and now we are both serving for the gathering and couldn't be more excited to call, to call the gathering home for us. I love hearing stories like that. I, I, I love the fact that oftentimes I get to have these conversations where people explain to me how they're finding freedom and the way that their families are discovering purpose and the way that their families are able to make a difference in this community. This has been the story of the Gathering Church for the last two years. Families are being transformed. People are being transformed. I know it's not just about families. It's not just us with kids, that there's singles, that there's folks that have moved on into different directions and they're coming in here and they're finding a home and they're finding a family. That this isn't, this isn't just a place to go and observe. It's not just a place to go and spend an hour and a half on a Sunday morning, but this is a family to be a part of. This is people to go through life alongside. And so it has been such an honor to be a part of what God has done here over the last two years. And so here's the last year by the numbers. Now, numbers aren't the most important thing to us. We don't, we don't just obsess over numbers. We don't brag about numbers, but we do believe it's important to celebrate numbers, that it's okay to celebrate numbers because that's celebrating people's stories. That's celebrating lives. That's celebrating folks who are finding freedom and discovering purpose and all of it. And so uh, we, do, we do track it and we do want to know how healthy we are and how, how things are, are going. In fact, we think it's okay because there's a whole book of the Bible called Numbers. You know, I mean, God did it. So no, no worries whatsoever. So here's what's been happening here over the last year. You know, God can take things with humble beginnings and move them at His pace to create an incredible impact. And so we started this church with 40 people, 40 people who just had a dream to see this city reached for the gospel of Jesus, just to see this city just find the reason that they were placed here and unlock that purpose. Forty people. We were able by last February, a year ago this month, to see an average of 140 people every Sunday morning. And, and 40 of those in our kids' ministry. Isn't that great? That's a ton of kids, man. We love kids at the Gathering Church. And so 140 people. Well, this year so far, in 2018, we've averaged 270 people in attendance. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that good? <laughs> 75 kids on average, downstairs. That is a lot of kids. If you love kids, go join to be a, a kids volunteer this morning. 75 kids downstairs. That is a 93% growth rate, and that is unheard of in brand new churches. God's favor is moving in this church. Over the last year, just the last 12 months, 36 people have given their lives to follow Jesus. Isn't that good? Come on. Yeah. That's what it's all about. We're here to see people know God, and that's what's happening here in your homes, in your life groups. People are learning to find freedom. 153 adults are in life groups right now this semester at the Gathering Church. That's 78% of our adult attendance in life groups finding freedom right now. On average, over the last six months, 10 people per month have been attending Growth Track, where they've been able to discover their purpose and join the dream team to make a difference. We have about 100 people serving on our dream team at the gathering on Sunday mornings now. God is moving in favor and in power at this church. 
This is, uh, this is one of those moves of God that I'm blown away by constantly, the way that He is increasing and growing and changing lives right here in ways that are not common, that is not happening because of the efforts or work of any one person, but is happening because the Spirit of God is in this place and in this community. And so we are honored to be a part of all of that uh, that, that is taking place here. We believe that the next year is going to be even more, that we're going to see even more, that it's going to continue. If we, if we reach 400 people by this fall, we'll have to add another service to allow more seats, more room for more people to come and enjoy what is happening in this community. We're going to see more people in life groups this year, more people baptized, more people entering new relationships with Jesus. It's only going to keep going from here. What's past is prologue. This is only the beginning. We're just getting warmed up. They're just getting warmed up today. And so I want to make a couple announcements about the future for the Gathering Church. I promise I'm almost done. I just got two things and then we'll be all wrapped up. But I got a big announcement for you this morning because we just want to see what God's going to continue to do in our city. And so one of the things that we've always been passionate about here is the next generation. We believe in the next generation. The next generation is the hope of the world, we believe. We believe that by investing in the next generation, we invest in the future of the gospel spread in our city. And so we don't just babysit downstairs. We don't have child care. Lest you ever call it child care in front of Sarah Antonor, she will let you know we don't do child care. What we have downstairs is an investment opportunity. We are investing in those kids. We're letting our children know that they were created with a purpose in mind, that God has dreams for them, that God wants to be their friend. Their own, Jesus wants to be their friend forever is one of the things that your kids memorize down there. We, they have a blast. I believe we have one of the best kids ministries in the country for a church of any size, and it's because of how much we value the next generation. Well, we don't believe that needs to stop at the fifth grade because where kids go next in middle school and high school are some of the most formative years of their lives. They're questioning their purpose, they're questioning their identity, and they're questioning faith. And we believe as the church, it's our responsibility to come beside them with the answers. We want to pair them with people who are going to help mentor and lead them into a better future, to help them in these years that are defining who they're going to be in life, to help them discover that they have a purpose, that it's bigger than everything they've ever dreamed about, and that God has a future planned for them. And so I am so excited to announce to you that in 2018, we will be launching a, student, a brand new student ministry in the city of Asheville. Gather students. Come on. Please welcome Mikey and Morgan to the stage. I can stop pretending to use this microphone now. <laughs> Hasn't even been on. Just didn't know where to put it. <laughs> didn't have a table. <laughs> so this is Mikey Holmes. He's going to be our student director for the Gathering Church. This is his wife, Morgan. And we are so excited to have you guys on board. Tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, sure. Um, so we uh, just moved here in August. Uh, we are originally from uh, Houston, Texas, where we uh, met actually serving in a student ministry together. Come on. Uh, she served with the girls. I served with the guys. Right. And the rest was kind of you a Hallmark that movie. It's a great place to so, serve. So, yeah, if you want to find it, then come serve. Um, so, yeah, we... Um, 
grew up in uh, Texas, but we've actually, after we got married, we moved to Illinois to be, uh, I was a student pastor in Illinois um, for six years, and we were also a part of a, a church plant there. Um, unfortunately, that church closed, and um, after that season, we realized that we just needed to say, okay, God, what's next for us? We found ourselves um, back in Texas um, and just kind of asking God what, where we were going, what was going on. And so about a year later, I accepted a uh, transfer to Asheville to be a store manager at a Starbucks. And that's how we got here. Uh, we really, I had never heard of Asheville. Um, I think Morgan found it on Instagram. And we were like, hey, it's an amazing place. And, and we really resonated with Ray, what Rayelle said about just we wanted to find a home and a place that um, was not Texas. No, but that was... <laughs> That was um, what we love and what we want to be a part of. And so Asheville was that for us. And, yeah. And here we are. So uh, I've always been passionate about students. My last job was as a student director. Um, and for the last two years, uh, we've been praying about how we could reach the students in our city and when was the right time and what was the right way to do it and how are we going to reach out into the, such, such an important season of people's lives. And um, so Robbie and I have had a lot of conversations about when we would do it. And what we settled on, what we decided was we, we would start a student ministry at the gathering when God sent the right leaders for it. Um, and so we just started praying. I prayed a lot over the last year that God would just send the right leaders, that the, the right people with the right hearts, with the right gifts, with the right experience would just show up weird, just, just miraculously show up at my front door one day saying, you know, here we are, let's do this thing. And so Mikey and Morgan joined our life group, Rail and I's life group last fall. And I, I, the first time I had them in my home and got to know them a little bit and, and talked to them, um, I felt God say right then that this, this is it, John Martin, they're here. These are the folks I've sent them here for you. They're here, they're, I've sent them here for these students in this city. They're here to do this. So get them ready because it's time. And so I, I got them ready secretly. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then we, he wasn't very secretive <laughs> about it. <laughs> and then they, and then, yeah, and so we're, we're so excited to have you guys on board. We feel like it's a God thing, like God brought you here um, for this purpose. Like there are students around us right now in homes and, and in schools tomorrow that are, that are struggling and that are lonely and that are purposeless and that are in desperate need of something that only Jesus can provide. And that um, we're so excited for you guys to be a part of watching them discover that in this city. So what, what, are, what are you most excited about uh, in starting a student ministry? Well, I am really excited, but I'm going to let Morgan talk because she's much better at it. Yeah, she is, oh, yeah. I'm no, I think, I mean, I think we're just mainly excited about getting to see students encounter Jesus in a way that changes everything for them. I mean, we've seen the impact in students' lives when they get to know God and see Him clearly from that early age. And... Um, I don't know, in such a broken and dark world to get to see the gathering become a place where the students of Asheville can belong, where they can also know God and find freedom, discover purpose and make a difference. But it's starting from that safe place here of belonging and getting to walk alongside people is just amazing. I mean, we felt like we didn't know, we didn't have any idea what God was doing or when we had no idea what life in Asheville would look like. It was 
if you talked to us at the beginning, we were probably like, I don't know why we're here. We're just there. <laughs> but we enjoyed it and living here. And God just kept reminding us to trust him that, you know, the calling on our lives is his job. And we're just supposed to be faithful. And so we just feel so excited that we're going to get to pour our lives with you guys. We're going to get to pour our lives into creating environments, creating opportunity for students to know God, to see him clearly. Um, we're just really excited to be a part of what God's going to do. So can you tell everybody how they could look at all these potential volunteers out here? So if they want to be involved, how can they be involved? And when are we kicking this thing off? All right. So um, if you want to get involved, um, I'm going to be in the cafe and I'd love to to meet you, but also talk to you about some uh, vision and some plan and our heart and our passion for it. But then also kind of find out what you're passionate about, where you want to fit in and where you um, feel like you could really be a part because we desperately need people from right now to starting to um, continue to get excited about this uh, ministry. And so find me in the cafe. We can talk about it. You can also um, write on your Connect card. You can go online, join the Dream Team. Any of those options, someone will be contacting you and um, getting you involved. And then as far as starting, um, we want to start meeting with all of you, since you're all volunteering, to be leaders. Um, we want to start doing that um, towards the end of March so that we can begin to pray over the students of Asheville. We can begin to pray together, cast vision, kind of set the stage for what, um, what we've got going for the students, and then um, actually officially launching the student ministry in, uh, at the end of April. And so be watching for a date. I don't have that date yet, um, but watch for that date. Get excited with us and be praying for us and just praying as we um, really, I think, change Asheville's from these high school students and um, junior high students. So. It's going to transform our city. Yeah, it really Thank is. you guys so much. So Mikey and Morgan, guys. You guys go ahead. So Mikey and Morgan, uh, just like everybody who's come on our staff full-time, are going to be raising 100% of their salary for the first three years. We do this strategically for a purpose because we feel that the best way that we can grow this church the way God's called us to is to set the table for what God's going to do, not for what he's currently doing. And so in order for us to be able to do that, we bring folks on board full-time and they raise a salary so we can still be good stewards of the finances that God gives us as a church. And so if you feel like this is something you want to be a part of, here's what I would encourage you to do. Um, giving to a staff member is not, we don't believe that takes the place of a tithe, that God's called us to give to the church and to the ministry of the church as a whole. But if you feel called to give above and beyond your regular tithes and offerings, I would encourage you to partner with this family, to partner with this family, to partner with what God's calling them to do, to partner with the students of our community, to partner with the students of our city through this family and believe in this vision that God's called us to. E even if you can only give $50 a month, it is going to make an enormous impact in their families' lives and in the lives of a lot of students here in our city. Every single amount helps. Uh, it's easy to do. If you go to our giving website, you can pick a drop-down menu that says Michael Holmes, and you can set up monthly giving there. We'd encourage you to set up monthly giving. Literally every single amount will make an impact. So we'd invite you to partner with them. Second thing that I'm excited about in 2018 that I want to share with you today is missions. And so we feel that there's a call of God, a mandate from God to get involved in taking the gospel of Jesus beyond our borders. That we want to see people outside of our city, even outside of our own country, know God, 
find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And so over the last year, we've had a partnership with an organization called L'Envoie. L'Envoie is in, the, is in Guatemala, uh, in two villages in Guatemala, and what they do is they go out there and they establish secondary schools, middle school, high schools, uh, for the students in that village in a place where they previously had no access. So these students in these villages had no access to further education, and so they were stuck in a cycle of poverty as a result. By creating schools there that are sustainable and led and run by nationals in the country of Guatemala, we are able to give them a future that they would not have otherwise had. Isn't that pretty amazing? It's a pretty cool organization. It is run by someone who lives in Guatemala City. In fact, her dad is from one of the villages that they started a school in. It's a pretty cool story. They have a representative that lives here in Asheville. One of the co-founders is a local here in our city. So we love this organization. So next Monday, the 26th, uh, I'll be taking a small team to Guatemala, and here's why. We are going to seek God's vision and to build relationships to discern how, as a church, we can get more involved. Because we feel like sending money is not enough. We want to get there. We want to we meet these people. We want to come alongside them. We want to find out how we can partner with the leaders of those villages, with the parents in those villages, with the churches in those villages, to help them understand everything they were created to be. And so Robbie and I and my dad are going to be going next week and we're going to be meeting with people and discerning where a sustainable need is for us to begin bringing teams to Guatemala later this year. So we are so excited for this to be the year that we begin taking international mission trips as a church. Isn't that exciting? Come on, where are my missions people at? It's going to be fun. Well, guys, over the last uh, six months, um, as we wrap up, over the last six months, one of my favorite things that has happened here and that has been transformative for me and even for the life of our church is we've, we've gained more clarity around what God's called us to do. See, we always dreamed that this would be a simple church with simple, clear steps, that it would be obvious that we were putting people on a simple, clear path to the life that God had dreamed for them. And but this past summer, Robbie and I um, were able to go to a conference that was led by our organization, ARC and uh, Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama, and we're invested in and, and taught all these this new systems and everything that has resulted in what we call the four purposes of the gathering church, um, that people would be able to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. And that has been transformative for us. I can't wait to see how many people follow that path in 2018. I can't wait to hear your stories, to hear the new ways that God is leading you to find freedom from the things that you've carried with you for your whole life. I can't wait to hear all the stories of people who are learning to know God, not just to know about God, not just to know a story or two, not just to know that there is a God, but to know Him in the way a child knows their father. I can't wait to hear all the stories in 2018 about people who've discovered their purpose. Oh, I live to see people discover their purpose. I teach all the growth track classes, and Robbie asks sometimes if I want to give that to somebody else. I'm like, no, I don't want to, because I love to watch people discover their purpose. I believe the two best days in anybody's life is the day you're born and the day you discover why you were born. And I just can't wait to be there with you in the moments you discover why you were born this year. See, I think that this is the year 
that together we make a bigger difference, a greater impact together, that this is the year things change for our community even more, change for our city, but even maybe beyond that, that things change for us. See, I hope that this isn't the year that you continue to sit on the sidelines and watch. I hope that this isn't the year that you just continue to be a spectator, that you continue to come in and just see what God's doing in everybody's lives around you. Today's Connect Sunday. It is the perfect day to discover your purpose, to figure out where on the dream team you feel your heart connecting to, to get alongside somebody and as the body of Christ, say, we're going to make an impact in this city. We're going to turn this cesspool into a holy hot tub if it's the last thing we do. I'm excited about what God's going to do in our lives this next year. The best is yet to come. This is just the beginning. We've only just started. The past is prologue. We're getting into chapter one now. I can't wait to see what God's going to do next. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are and what you've done, God. I thank you so much for the way you've changed me over the last two years, the way you've crafted me, created me, morphed me into the leader you've called me to be, Father. God, I just ask that you would continue to pull people around me, folks that would help me to continue to find freedom, folks that would hold me up, my community, my friends, my family, God. And God, that you would do that for every single person in this room that every one of us would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we were created for a reason, given a purpose, that you've got direction for us, that you've got truth for us, that you've got victory for us, that you've got promises for us, God. Lord, I just ask that this year, 2018, would be the best year yet, that not a single year before it would ever take precedence over the miracles you're going to do in our lives this year, that God, more of us would know you, that more of us would find freedom, that more of us would discover our purpose, and that God, as you've created us to do, more of us would make a difference. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.